organism level. So just to go over that briefly, there's six levels of organization in the human body. From least complex to most complex is the chemical level, the cellular level, the tissue level, organ level, organ system level, and then the organism level, us as a whole. For a brief overview of the different uh, organ systems, please see figure 1-2, levels of organization in the textbook. Moving on to section 1-4, medical terminology uses words, prefixes, and suffixes um, to uh, refer to the body and health and disease. Um, uh, many medical terminology is derived from Latin and Greek roots. Um, for example, the term anatomy is a Greek root for meaning a cutting open. Um, and physiology also comes from Greek. An example of medical terminology using the roots, uh, word roots, prefixes, suffixes, is pathology. Uh, patho or path means disease. Um, and ology is the study of, so pathology is the study of disease. Many anatomical structures and clinical conditions use medical terminology. Um, when we refer to different parts of the body anatomically, we're going to be using um, both eponyms, which is colloquial terms for different types of the body, um, and uh, the actual Latin and Greek words. Sometimes there's multiple words for one specific area or region of the body, um, or parts of the anatomy. In case I have to know this, the Terminologica Anatomica is the worldwide established standard for human anatomical terminology. We now move on to section 1.5, discussing and describing anatomical um, anatomical positions, directions, and body sections using anatomical terms. The first is surface anatomy, um, which is basically anything on the body surface. Um, these structures are palpated and felt. Uh, these are called anatomical landmarks. Um, and we also go by anatomical regions uh, to reference where those, you know, wherever somebody says it might hurt or something like that. We use anatomical regions, cavities, um, and landmarks to describe and point to the directions and where we're going in the anatomical body. There's an important figure that discusses the anatomical landmarks, uh, figure 1-3 in um, section 1-5, to five, chapter 1. Um, going over the interior view and the posterior view, anterior is the front of front of the person's body when they're standing up. Their palms are faced outward. Um, and the posterior is the dorsal part of you facing their, their back. Um, there's a lot of different terms, but I'm going to focus on the ones that are tough for me, uh, such as antecubital, um, which is the front of the elbow. That's usually where a lot of clinicians and will do venipunctures. Um, and then behind the elbow is called the olecranal. Um, sounds like a transformer, but it's also a part that I, I'm trying to figure out a mnemonic for that. Um, polex is the thumb, like Annie Polex, when, if you watch anime. Um, hallux is the toe, still trying to figure out uh, a mnemonic for that. Curl is leg. 
it's more along the lines of the of the shin. Inguinal is the groin. Um, it's really where you see a lot of uh, hernias coming out. Her, uh, inguinal hernias. Otic is ear. Um, popliteal is the back of the knee. The swirl is the is like the behind the calf. And calcianal is the heel of the foot. Those are a few of the anatomical landmarks that are troubling. Moving on to anatomical positions, we have the front view, which is called the anterior view. We have the back view, which is the posterior view. Uh, when a person's lying in supine position, they're face up. A mnemonic for this is soup, or they're carrying a bowl of soup. In order for them to carry a bowl of soup, they must be in the supine position. And prone, they're facing down. Next, we'll discuss anatomical regions. There's um, ana there's uh, two main methods divided into quadrants and regions. Um, most of the time, we refer to the quadrants as abdominopelvic quadrants. And um, it's more oriented to ourselves. So on our, our own right side, we have the right upper quadrant, R-U-Q, left upper quadrant, the lower right quad lower the right lower quadrant and the left lower quadrant. Then we have the abdominopelvic regions. Um, on the right side we have the right hypochondriac region, the right lumbar region, and the right inguinal region. On the left side we have the left hypochondriac region, the left lumbar region, and the left inguinal region. A good way to remember this is that hypochondriac uh, is referring to a bone, and the hypo means uh, below. So it's below the bone, uh, I guess, you know, part of the early part of the early part of the rib cage. Left lumbar, um, I know the, uh, the spine is broken up into CTL, cervical, thoracic, and lumbar. So if I think lumbar, you know, towards it's, if it's oriented towards the back, it's going to be the lumbar region, sort of the mid part of the of the abdominopelvic area, and then you have the uh, inguinal area or region, which is near the groin. In the middle of these abdominopelvic regions, you have three that kind of stack onto each other. They're in the middle. That is the epigastric region, or known as the, on top of the stomach region. Umbilical region, that's where your belly button is, where the umbilical cord was once. And the hypogastric region, uh, which is below the stomach, also known as the pubic region. And um, we can refer to the figure 1-4 uh, in unit, uh, chapter 1-5 for the anatomical relationships of the different organs. Uh, we're going to discuss anatomical directions. Um, such as proximal and distal. Proximal means that it's towards the point of attachment of a limb to the trunk. So towards the trunk. Distal means that it's away from the trunk. Um, for example, the fingers are distal to the wrist. Um, then we have medial or towards the midline, also part of the trunk. Um, and then we have lateral, which is this, you know, from side to side. 
uh, away from the midline. Um, uh, next we have cranial or cephalic, which is towards the head. Um, and then uh, that's more superior uh, or above the body. And then we have caudal, which is towards the coccyx in humans. That's your um, tail bone. Um, and that's a, more of a inferior view uh, towards the bottom, below the body. Uh, then, so, and then as we already discussed, anterior or ventral is the front of the body, you know, where your you know, stomach side. And then we have the back, the posterior or dorsal, that's the, behind you, the back of your body. Then we have a few other directional terms, superficial, which means closer to the body surface. For example, the skin is superficial to the underlying structures. And deep, um, which means towards the inner part of the body, more interior. Um, for example, the bone of the thigh is deep to the surrounding skeletal muscles. Just a fun clinical note that I read. Um, the stethoscope, prior to using the stethoscope, physicians put their ear up to the body to listen for various sounds that the body organs make. Um, and for example, when we listen to the sounds of the bowel, that's couldn't be called boborygmy. It's an imitative term. And it kind of makes sense. Boborygmy sounds like something, the sounds that the bowels would make. Next, we're discussing sectional planes. Uh, there's three main sectional planes. The frontal uh, or coronal plane. That takes a, you know, frontal or anterior view of the body. Uh, your front, essentially. There's the sagittal plane, which is if somebody just cuts you down along the midline and divided you into left and right. Um, and then there's parasagittal, so that's kind of a little more left or a little more right of the, of the mid-sagittal section. Um, and then there's the transverse. Um, so that's going to be as if you were cut in half, you know, at your hip or in your abdomen. You were just sliced in half. And you see the uh, superior and inferior portions of the body. Next up, uh, chapter 1-6, we have the body cavities. Uh, the body's trunk is subdivided into three main regions, the thoracic, abdominal, and pelvic regions. Uh, these body cavities, um, the true body cavities, are closed and filled with fluid and lined with um, thin tissue layers called serous membranes or serosa. More practically, we refer to anything that's within the chest as the thoracic cavity, and anything within the abdomen and pelvic walls is going to be referred to as the abdominopelvic cavity. And what divides the thoracic cavity, like your lungs, versus, you know, your abdominopelvic cavity um, is the diaphragm. And so that actually is like a flat muscular sheet. It, it kind of helps contribute to lung contractions, but essentially it divides the thoracic cavity from the abdominopelvic cavity. That's the diaphragm. The thoracic cavity contains two pleural cavities. Pleura is your lung, so that's going to be um, each, you know, each surrounding a lung. You're going to have two pleural cavities for your two lungs. The pericardial cavity, which is surrounding the heart, uh, and the mediastinum, which is a large tissue mass. 
The mediastinum is the central compartment of the thoracic cavity. The mediastinum contains the pericardial cavity, a small chamber that surrounds the heart. To picture the pericardial cavity, just think of a fist pushing into a balloon. So in other words, another way to describe the mediastinum is a space within your chest that contains your heart and other structures. The mediastinum is the space between the two pleural cavities, the lungs. It, it also surrounds, stabilizes, and supports the esophagus, trachea, and thymus, as well as the other major, major blood vessels slash arteries that originate and end at the heart. Next, we're going to move on. Uh, as, well, this is all part of, the mediastinum is part of the thoracic cavity. Uh, so again, the thoracic cavity contains the lungs and the heart associated with the respiratory, cardiovascular, and lymphatic systems. So in summary of the thoracic cavity, it has the pleural cavities that cover the lungs or uh, hold the lungs and is separated by the mediastinum that has the heart and uh, supports a few other major organs that surround the heart like the esophagus, trachea, and thymus. Uh, next, I'll cover serous membranes. There are three. Uh, the pleura, which is the serous membrane that surrounds the lungs, one for each lung. The pericardium, which is the serous membrane that surrounds the heart. And the peritoneum, which is the serous membrane that surrounds several organs in the abdominopelvic cavity. There's uh, three parts to the serous membrane. There's the visceral part of, or visceral layer that um, touches the organ itself that it's covering. Then there's the uh, outer layer, which is the parietal layer, and that surrounds the cavity wall. And then in between the visceral layer and the parietal layer is a, a space called, uh, it's filled with fluid. It's called the serous space, and it's filled with serous fluid that is secreted by both the, the visceral and the parietal layer. So next up, we have the abdominopelvic cavity. Um, we'll start with the uh, superior abdominal cavity and uh, inferior, uh, we'll start with the, in, uh, we'll start with the superior abdominal, ca abdominal cavity. The abdominal cavity um, contains, or, or the peritoneal cavity, is lined by a serous membrane called the peritoneum. The peritoneum uh, surrounds the organs within the abdominal pelvic cavity. The peritoneum allows the organs of the digestive system to slide across one another without damage, damaging themselves or the walls of the cavity. The definitions for parietal layers and visceral layers um, follow. For example, the parietal peritoneum lines the surface that faces the body wall or the cavity wall. Um, and then the visceral peritoneum is the part that covers or touches the enclosed organs. Within the abdominal cavity contains the liver, stomach, spleen, small and large intestines. There's only a few organs that lie between the peritoneal lining and the muscular wall of the abdominal cavity. Those are the kidneys and the pancreas. And these organs are referred to as retroperitoneal. Retro meaning behind, and peritoneal meaning behind this uh, lining. 
Next, we move on to the pelvic cavity, which is inferior to the abdominal cavity. The bones of the pelvis form the walls of the pelvic cavity, um, and the, a layer of muscle forms its floor. The pelvic cavity is composed of the urinary bladder, various reproductive organs, and the distal portion of the large intestines.